Welcome to Nourish by Spinnies, the podcast which promises to inspire you to eat well and live well. I'm Devina Devecha. And I'm Tiffany Eslick. This is a space where we hope to nourish your heart and soul. On this show, we chat with leading players in the food community, from farmers to foodies, as well as health and well-being experts. It's all about engaging conversations and fresh ideas. And speaking of fresh ideas, Davina is getting a blood test today. Hi, Hi my name is Hala from Good Care. Uh, we'll go over the process today. Okay. Uh, we'll start with the registration. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we will go ahead with the blood test. After the blood test, we will meet. We'll go to meet the doctor. And then we will go ahead with the coaches, the dietitian, and ending it with the pharmacist. So I visited Glucare, an integrated clinic in Jumeirah here in Dubai, which is incorporating technology into traditional diabetes care. And you feel it as soon as you enter. Everything seems very slick and well-designed. You almost don't really feel like you're going to get tested. So what test did you do? Well, they did a full body check, which covered what seemed like everything from blood pressure to lipid profile. It was quick, though. Uh, it took about 20 minutes all through. And we started off with my fasting sugar. So you're fasting today? Yes. I'm very hungry. <laughs> hungry and angry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just ready for food. <laughs> I definitely came across some machinery that I hadn't quite seen before. Uh, I also remember Francis, uh, who was filming me at Glucare, joked about how they now had enough data to make a clone out of me. So this is the test to check for blood sugar um, levels? Yes, it will check your uh, lipid profile, cholesterol, sugar, liver, kidneys, okay. uh, uric acid. The reports will be ready in 30 minutes. Okay. So um, after all the procedures, you will stay in the cafeteria. Once all the reports are ready, Dr. Yusuf will call you from there Okay. discuss all the results. Okay. Were you anxious about any of the results? Not really. Uh, I mean, it had definitely been a couple of years since I'd done a proactive full body check like that. So actually, it helped me to see the progress I've made since the last one. And there was a decent bit of progress, I should add. That's good to hear. I also caught up with Glucare's co-founder, Ali Hashmi, to learn about how they got started and some of the challenges with our lifestyles today, especially nutrition. So Ali has been in the industry for some time. His previous healthcare startup was acquired by Mbadla Healthcare in 2018. And his relationship with diabetes is quite personal. My grandfather died of complications related to diabetes. He was a poorly controlled type 2 for a long time with a very, very strong sweet tooth. So I saw his behavior firsthand. So I carry the genetic predisposition and I can get into it later. I actually became pre-diabetic myself. So I was a patient at my own clinic. Um, My co-founder, Dr. Hassan Al-Marzuki, his father was a poorly controlled diabetic. My wife's father is diabetic. So, you know, this is not a unique story. Every one of your audience is going to have a family member who is affected by metabolic dysfunction. The incidence of metabolic dysfunction in the U.S. is now estimated to be 70 to 80% of the total population. Wow. Yeah. In the UAE, the estimates now are that upwards of 20 to 25% of the population is already diabetic. Right, okay. And upwards of 25% of the population is pre-diabetic, not including people who are already overweight or obese, Mm-mm. but not yet pre-diabetic. Yeah, yeah. So you're easily talking about at least half the population. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's a big problem. And, you know, so... Why did we tackle it? It's a combination of personal motivation, but it's also what's the biggest problem facing humanity yeah. and can we actually 
take a shot at it. So as I told you, I visited Glucare uh, and I went through the whole journey. And we took myself. your blood. We, yeah. You took my okay. blood. <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed how slick everything was and how efficient all yeah. the technology that you know your team used was. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, wh why was that so important to you uh, to make sure you had you know technology that you do at Glucare, and how has that helped? your your patients because um, you know they were even telling me about the app that you get later right. on um, yeah. I think those that's just really interesting so your experience coming into glue care was not by accident that was a very carefully crafted journey yeah which started with us visiting dozens of sites buildings and with our architects and so on to figure out can we get the right patient flow you know, we we didn't want our patients to wait. We didn't want there to be bottlenecks. Like the flow had to be had to be perfect because, you know, you want patient centric care, which means that it shouldn't feel like a burden coming to receive care. So first and foremost, when you walk into Glue Care, you know, it's some combination of like Apple Store meets you know art gallery. Yeah, it's yeah. quite like it's open designed and not big. to feel like yeah. a medical clinic, although it is one. But we wanted to feel like a place where you go to get healthy, not a place where you go to feel sick. Yeah, okay? that's first and foremost. But then. Secondly, the technology is there, not for technology's sake. The technology is there to, and I'm borrowing this from one of my team. My, my medical director actually okay. sort of framed it this way. The technology is there to give our humans superhuman abilities. In, in, a, in, a, in an interesting way, our technology, counterintuitively, makes our humans better at being human. So when you sat with a doctor, I bet you probably noticed, first of all, how much time the doctor spent with you. Yes, I did, yeah. Second, that the doctor wasn't distracted by the computer on his desk and typing stuff into the medical record and taking notes and all the stuff that you feel very obviously in any other doctor visit. Yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. Because we've automated those tasks. Well, that's tech. Yeah. Because ultimately, getting someone who's diabetic under control is not about the drugs it's not about the devices. It's not about the lab tests or the cool gizmos. It's about getting that person to live a better life sustainably, which is a very human problem. Yeah. So it ultimately comes down to what is the relationship and the engagement between these humans. And, and at GlueCare, you have not just the physician, right, an endocrinologist or a diabetologist who's very highly trained, but you have a whole team behind them that you will not see anywhere else. Yeah. And there's a reason for it. And that team consists of a diabetes educator, a nutritionist, a dietitian, a health coach, and then all the other support staff that do everything else. The reason we do it is because when we built GlueCare, we didn't build it as a business. We built it as a sandbox, a lab to test. Like you guys have this kitchen here to yeah. help people learn how to cook. You built that kitchen as a showcase, as a lab, as a sandbox. We did the same. GlueCare is actually a place where we tested our vision for this you know, future of healthcare being hybrid, machine plus human. Today, GlueCare is the, among the best performing diabetes and metabolic health centers in the world Okay. in terms of the outcomes that we generate yeah. and so on. So again, not, it's not by accident. There was a very clear vision to like use technology, architecture, even wardrobe selection. Right? You'll notice that our doctors are not walking around with stuffy you know, suit and tie. Oh, right. and yeah, no, they're not. <laughs> because why? It's not Halloween. You don't need to dress up your doctors, right? <laughs> doctors should be approachable. They should be human. You know, polo shirt, just like I'm wearing with sneakers. Well, you know, there's no reason to, to dress up healthcare. You'll pr you probably also notice that there's no desks. 
in any yeah, of the offices. Yeah. We killed him. Why? Why should there be a desk? Like right now, you and I are sitting opposite a desk. This is a physical separation between two humans, which creates a dynamic that doesn't need to be there. We just replaced that with a very simple sort of coffee shop style mm. setup where yeah. you're sitting next to your physician together looking at all the data on that yeah. giant screen. So, Mr. Wiener, yes? Yes. Nice hello. to meet you. Nice Again, meet you. my name is Dr. Yusuf. I'm here the diabetologist and internal medicine specialist. So, at the beginning, I will have some few questions and then uh, we will do a body examination and then after that I will show you all the results. Okay, oh, on a big screen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. okay, great. Tell me a little bit about history. Any diseases known? Uh, no diabetes in the family, no. Okay, and um, are you taking any supplements, any vitamins, uh, any medication? It's designed to make you feel like you're part of the process. You're not being talked to. You're part of your own journey. We want you to get agency. We want you to take ownership over the outcome itself, right? Because that's how, that's the only way that you will succeed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's obviously a craze right now of a lot of people getting on diabetes medications that help with weight loss. And there's a huge debate around whether that's right or wrong. And, you know, we have some pretty strong views on, on how that should be done. And, and the punchline is it shouldn't be done just with drugs. Mm. There's a nutritional component, which is why we're sitting and talking to you guys, right? Yeah. Because food as an input is critical yeah. to that transformational journey. So let's talk a little bit more about that uh, around nutrition yeah. and its value when it comes to diabetes management um, or just generally looking after your health. Well, look, I want to challenge you on what is a drug and what is natural, mm. because I think we need to broaden our perspective on those definitions. Um, food is a drug. Sugar is a drug. Yeah. Alcohol is a drug, <laughs> yeah. right? Anything that you put in your body is creating an impact in some way. So I think we should probably think about a continuum, right? You know, obviously what you were referencing is drugs that come from pharmacies and get prescribed. Yeah. But in actual fact, I think we should probably think about it more broadly and say, well, anything that we put in our bodies is going to have an effect. Yeah, that's Whether true. it's made in a, a pharma company's manufacturing plant or grown on a farm or worse, in any of the many ultra highly processed food companies, right? So, you know, argument could be made that if you're really strict about not wanting to put drugs in your body, then before you eliminate the diabetes drugs, you should first eliminate anything with, you know, high fructose corn syrup yeah. or, you know, so, so that conversation is a conversation that we, we, we try to have with our patients is around like, what is natural? Yeah. Unless you're eating absolutely whole foods off the farm that you have in your backyard, nothing is natural. Yeah, yeah. Everything is processed. So it's, that's an interesting thing to, to d yeah. dive deep on because the definitions are not precise. Mm. Um, and by the way, there's also nothing wrong with taking drugs that come out of a pharmacy you know, like the, like the GLPs, you know, some of them are, you know, compounds that mimic existing peptides in your body and they're just enhancing your underlying metabolic processes. So it, there is a place for it. We're, mm. we're not a practice that is exclusionary. We, we don't say, oh, we're only going to do keto diets and we're only going to, you yeah. know, make it vegan and we're only going to, you know, we don't do that. We say, okay, what are all the tools at our disposal? All of them. Drugs, food, sleep, stress management, you know, exercise, whatever. Let's figure out for each patient on a hyper-personalized basis, what is the mix of approaches right, that makes yeah. the most sense? Mm. For some patients, whether it's driven by personal desire or by need, they don't want to have 
an injection, fine, you go a path that doesn't include that. But for some patients, that injection really moves the needle, yeah. pardon the pun, <laughs> on, on their overall health. But the, but the engagement with the nutritionist is, is, is central, right? Yeah. Food hygiene is something that we all lack. Why do we lack food hygiene? Um, again, it gets back to the sort of agency question. There's this, you know, now infamous example that I give on in talks and stuff. So, you know, people talk about Ali's chocolate cake story. Okay. Um, so I'll tell it to you, you know, and, and it's, it's a very nice way to simplify it. Um, you know, if I put your favorite dessert in front of you, and mine happens to be my wife's, you know, chocolate cake that she makes from scratch. If I take that fresh out of the oven and cut you a nice slice and okay. put it in front of you and, you know, put a nice cold <laughs> glass of milk in front of you and then hand you a fork... I'm going to attack the cake. You're going to attack the cake. <laughs> but let me ask you a more interesting question. Right now, is your mouth watering? I'm thinking about cake. You yeah. are. <laughs> with just words, there's no cake in front of you. I with, know. <laughs> with just words, I have actually elicited a neurotransmitter response in your brain, mm. which has resulted in your mouth watering. And your audience now is also <laughs> thinking the same thing, yeah. right? I've just over, you know, sound waves and a, and a podcast changed people's neurochemistry. Okay. So food is so powerful that just the description of it can yeah. change your neurochemistry. Okay. Now, if in the moment of giving you that hypothetical chocolate cake <laughs> yeah. and handing you the fork, I ask you, hang on a second, Davina, before you eat it, tell me, what is the impact that that chocolate cake is going to, you know, what impact will that chocolate cake have on your metabolic health? What about all the chocolate cakes you've ever eaten? I don't know. Right? So food hygiene is not an, an easy thing to fix because we don't have the underlying cause and effect data for the stuff that we put in our bodies. Yeah. We don't. We have no idea. So what do you rely on? Marketing claims by food companies on the packaging? You know, some people educate themselves enough to start looking at ingredients and yeah. nutritional values, but even that is hard. It's hard for me. Yeah. And I'm a professional in this domain. Like it's it, for the for the regular you know, parents of three kids trying to get a healthy lunch put together, it's not easy. And it's time consuming. And it's more expensive than just going the prepackaged route too. Yeah. And what confounds it further, what makes it more difficult, is that no two people are the same. Mm. So you can have two people eating the identical meal yeah. and having a very different response to yeah, that meal. True. Right? Um, I went through the journey myself. So I'd gotten to a point couple years back where I was about 15 kilos heavier than I am today, maybe more. And, uh, and I was pre-diabetic and I had a fatty liver and I had high cholesterol and I had high uric acid and things were just, you know, it was right after the COVID lockdowns. And yeah. so things had gone sideways for me. And my journey of getting back on track started with putting a CGM on myself and analyzing my blood sugar every five minutes mm -hmm. continuously taking food logs diligently, understanding cause and effect, but then also experimenting with the foods that I was eating okay. to know how time of day impacted my response, order, and combinations. So I could have the same food, the same you know, rice, kebab, and salad, eaten at different times or eaten in different order. Right. Same meal, different response. And that was what you were tracking. And I was tracking yeah, that. Okay. But I could only learn this stuff because I actually had the data. Mm. Without the CGM, you can't. You're just eating. Then I started looking at the same meal, same order, same time of day, 
eaten after a night of poor sleep right okay affected my blood sugar mm. same meal same time eaten on a day where i'm particularly stressed different response so you start to see how complex it can get yeah of course yeah. so what you want to do is is help people on this journey of self-discovery it's a skill like riding a bike and it's a skill that once you learn it stays with you and and it becomes a lifelong thing like you don't have to get obsessive about it some people become body hackers and go like down the rabbit hole i'm kind of one of those people but you don't have to be that way just being mindful of the big picture in and of itself is oftentimes enough to get really 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 good results when we come back, we'll continue my conversation with Ali, where he tells me about how they're expanding the platform into other aspects of healthcare. And he's also got some tips on where to get started with your nutrition journey. Davina, let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite things, cheese. Do you have a favorite kind of cheese though, or is that too hard a question? Absolutely. I'm not even going down that road. Um, but I know the cheese I want to talk about right now, and that's Parmigiano-Reggiano. I was in Italy earlier this year and found myself surrounded by wheels of them stacked into towers, almost like a skyline. This is at our supplier Zanetti, which is now in its fourth generation, having started in 1900 by Guido Zanetti. His great-grandson Paolo Zanetti gave me a fantastic tour. Most importantly, did you get to try both the Parmigiano-Reggiano and the Grana Padano? Yes, absolutely. I tried various wheels of cheese of different ages, and Paolo really went into detail about like which cheese goes with which dish that you're trying to serve. For a big occasion, like uh, together with a very good Italian uh, red wine or uh, you know, champagne, it's good to have a very well mature Parmigiano-Reggiano, like a three years old Parmigiano-Reggiano. If you want uh, uh, products to be created on pasta, uh, like 60 months old uh, uh, Grana Padano is very good and uh, as a table cheese or as an appetizer cheese or as a piece of cheese I used to have a Parmigiano Reggiano, well mature Parmigiano Reggiano like three years old Parmigiano Reggiano. So the next time you're serving something special for your friends or family or just indulging in a slice of pizza or leftover pasta for breakfast, grate some of our Spinney's food Parmigiano Reggiano or Grana Padano today. back. You're listening to Nourished by Spinneys and my conversation with Ali Hashmi of Bluecare. What do you think though then the challenges are currently for people to, like you say, be more mindful of their food hygiene? What do you think is perhaps stopping them or scaring them? It's or? hard. It's work. It's hard to do the nutritional stuff because it takes effort, time, right? Attention in you know, a period of your life where you've got a full-time job, you've got three kids, you've got to go to school drop-off, you've got, you know, podcasts to go on, you've got, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. And so it's hard to fit it in. You have to be deliberate about that, right? Even things that you think are healthy. Like my wife became pre-diabetic at the same time as me. She's going to hate me for telling the story yet again because okay. <laughs> every, everyone knows her all-brand and oatmeal story. So yeah, she was, she was spiking, her right. blood sugar was spiking mm. every morning because she was eating a breakfast that she thought was healthy, oh, right. but turned out to spike her blood sugar. And it was all bran with oat milk. That's what she was having for breakfast almost every day. And it was spiking her blood sugar. So even things that you would think, oh yeah, absolutely, that's healthy. That's healthy, yeah, okay. The nutritional piece also comes with a cost, a financial cost. 
right? Eating well costs more usually. Yeah. So for someone perhaps who's, you know, starting to think about their nutrition and how that plays a role in their blood sugar or their general health, um, I guess what tips or advice would you give them when they're starting out um, just kind of trying to dip their toes to this brave new world? Yeah, so the good news is everyone can chart their own path and you don't have to get stressed out over it. You don't need to go all in and, you know, revolutionize your whole life. You can start baby steps. You know, something that I suggest to everyone is experience the magic of a CGM, the continuous glucose monitor. And you might've seen it, people wear it on the, yeah, either on their yeah. arms or on their abdomen. Um, these are expensive devices. They're not cheap. Um, the prices are coming down, but still, you know, you'll spend, depends on which device, um, between let's call it 500 dirhams to 1,500 dirhams yeah. per month okay. uh, on the device. Now you don't have to use it forever. I would recommend, you know, using a CGM for a month mm. and collect the data and misbehave, actually. That's what I did. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's what I did. I, I, you know, when my, when my medical director sat me down and said, Ali, we got to put a plan together to reverse your prediabetes. I said, okay, I'm going to start by doing exactly the opposite of what you want me to do. Okay. <laughs> because I want to see the data. So I put on a CGM and then I started eating stuff that I haven't eaten in years. Snickers bars, full sugar Coca-Cola, <laughs> you know, you name it, I was eating it just to see how my body how would react. Affect, yeah, okay. Because those learnings you have forever. Like one thing I discovered was pineapple juice for some reason, and actually pineapple slices okay. on its own just absolutely went my through my blood sugar through the, through the oh, ceiling. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. okay. Things I didn't expect. And that would be different for different people? Yes, yeah, it's okay, different yeah. for different people. Okay. It's different for the same person on different days of the week. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. there's variability, right? So, yeah. so I would start there, understand what your baseline is, sit with the physician, and put a plan together, and tell the doctor, you know, candidly, here's my constraints. I, you know, I'm a mom and, and I've got a full-time job and I've got you know, three kids and I do these activities. And so realistically speaking, I'd like to start light. What does that look like? You can make small incremental changes. Like yeah. it's 80-20. You might find that there is, you know, five particular foods out of all the stuff that you eat that cause the biggest spikes. Right. And that just eliminating those five things, but keeping all the other stuff that you love makes a huge change in the way you feel and the way you're carrying your body around. So again, there's no one like template solution. Yeah. The template is just get started. You know, it could be baby steps or it could be all in. Like we, we see patients all through. We have patients who come to us and say, look, I don't want to do any of it. I don't, I'm not a techie person. I'm, I don't barely know how to use my iPhone. Like we have patients that are like, I just, you know, I like your doctors and I like the the clinic and you're close to my house. And so that's why I'm here, but I don't, don't burden me with this stuff. Right. Even those patients get better mm. because there's this thing called the Hawthorne effect where just by virtue of someone knowing that you're observing them makes yeah. them change their behavior. <laughs> um, so look, I, I think there are as many solutions as there are people. The, the key is helping people find the solution that's right for them. It's hard to do on your own. That's why we exist. Yeah. Yeah. And and what's next for for Glucare? You know, do you have any plans for the brand or expansion or where do you see it going? Yeah. So Gluc we've gone beyond Glucare. So you've probably heard of brands called Metabolic Zone Health. So Glucare, we initially built it with a very specific focus on diabetes yeah. and metabolic disease. We quickly started to see a lot of healthy people come in and, and want support on a weight loss program, which is not covered by insurance typically. And so we launched Zone. 
Zone is a is a dedicated, virtualized, um, behavioral change uh, oriented, medicated weight loss program. Um, and and then we launched also Metabolic, which is essentially the technology layer that powers both Glucare and Zone. Once you start doing that, you start to be able to do other things very well. So when you have a diabetic population of men, many of those men will also experience low testosterone levels, erectile dysfunction issues. There's a lot of other things that come along with diabetes. So we now have a full-time urologist on board to deal with men's sexual health. We've now launched a virtual testosterone replacement therapy program for our population, which is now open to everybody. Similarly for women's health, you know, there's a relationship between polycystic ovary system uh, syndrome, PCOS, and metabolic dysfunction. So a lot right. of our diabetic female patients have PCOS issues, which yeah. we then have a gynecologist come on board and help them with that. And so now you can do things around perimenopausal hormone replacement therapy and helping women on core women's health issues. So, so Glucare is expanding beyond just diabetes into, broadly speaking, primary care in right. many ways, because we're helping people with a broad range of issues that they're facing every day. And then there's a geographic expansion as well. So we're in discussions with, mostly at government level, to think about how do we take everything that we've learned and then blow it up at national scale. So how do we go to you know your country and then build out a, a foundational new approach to metabolic health for the population, which becomes a mix of, you know, physical clinics, plus all the tech, plus all the other stuff. Cool. That sounds great. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. <laughs> yeah. I have a question for you yeah. to round off this conversation. Um, what is it that nourishes your soul? Um, easy answer. It has to be family. Um, so I overinvest, you know, enduring the 16 hour flights back to California to go spend time with the family also my kids and my wife, you know, I don't do anything else. You know, I, I basically have work, which consumes a certain part of the day and I have family and uh, everything else is secondary. So I think, you know, now that I'm a father of three, um, the, the, the soul filling nourishment that I get is just seeing my kids evolve into, you know, real humans with real values and real opinions and all that kind of stuff. So that's one thing. Um, on the personal side, on the professional side, look, I've already built and sold a business. The question I get a lot is, why aren't you just you know, hanging out on an island somewhere and just relaxing? Why are you working so hard? Because I, I, I took two days off after selling the business and got a haircut and bought a pair of sunglasses. And that was my, <laughs> that was my celebration and got back to work. And I think on the professional side, um, it comes down to, you know, legacy and impact, my kids are going to Google me at some point. And I want what they see to be, you know, a reflection of some value that I've been to society and, you know, to do that at scale. So if my Wikipedia page, which doesn't exist today, okay. um, one day says, you know, Ali was a meaningful contributor to the, you know, global war on metabolic dysfunction i you know there's nothing more fulfilling than that you know when i have a diabetic patient that i you know if i reverse somebody's prediabetes like i did for myself well if if that person had gone on to become full-blown poorly controlled type 2 diabetes they would have lived a decade less 
all the memories that those 10 years will create, right? All the connections, all the contributions. So, you know, when we think about impact in health, that's one of the benefits and the privileges of being an entrepreneur in healthcare is that sure, you, you know, can sell a business, you, you make money and create commercial and economic value for yourself. But, you know, the double and triple bottom line around human and societal impact is massive. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. That was a great answer. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> It's amazing to what extent food and ingredients can impact our health. And that's why at Spinney's we spend so much time really assessing what we have in our stores and visit our partners to understand how they source their ingredients and their process on farming. And it's also about transparency, right? We share our experiences from these trips with our customers. So you can read about it in our magazine, on our website at spinneys.com, as well as this podcast. This episode was brought to you by Spinney's. And it's hosted by me, Devina Devecha, and Tiffany Eslik. We're produced by Chirag Desai. You can find out more about Glucare on their website in our show notes and follow Spinneys on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for more. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode, which will be all about cycling. So what does saturation mean exactly? It's the oxygen that you are breathing in. Okay. So it's good. Okay. It should be 95 to 100. Oh, okay. I'm all right then. I'm saturated. Yes, you are. <laughs>